All right, everybody, my name is Lance Lamb, and this will be the first podcast and uh, first of probably three, maybe four parts to, uh, we'll call it a series, on, uh, we're going to be in the book of Haggai, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11, and basically we're talking about what are you hiding from the world that God has given you? In other words, what is the one thing God has given you to do that you have prayed for, maybe for years or or what have you, and not even the people closest to you, whoever that might be, even know about it because it might be so radical, so wild, and yet you're stuck possibly in that situation where you're just like, you know, wow, can this be? Um, is this really for me? Is it too good to be true? Or how am I going to do that? Or I don't have enough money for that. Or let me pray about it. That's kind of a last one is kind of a popular one amongst Christians. I've done it myself. But the whole theme really is procrastination. It's, you know, I'll do it tomorrow. Or let me pray about it. Or, you know, let me do acts of service to where I'm good enough or qualified enough to do what God is really urging me to do. So we're going to cover a lot of ground. We're going to try to break this up and make it simple, uh, you know, and easy for you guys to understand. Um, That's the main uh, focus here is to unfold God's word and to make it um, relatable and understandable. So with all of that... To begin with, we uh, like to open up and just start with the word that we're going to study. So we're going to go, like I said, to Haggai chapter 1. We'll be looking at verses 1 through 11. And Mm -hmm. I'll be reading out of the New King James Version for the most part. Sometimes I'll reference out of the Amplified and uh, NIV. So here we go, verse 1. In the second year of King Darius, in the sixth month, on the first day of the month, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet to Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, and to Joshua the son of Jehozadak, the high priest, saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, It is time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses, and this temple to lie in ruins. Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple, that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because my house that is in ruins while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. For I called for a drought on the land, 
in the mountains, on the grain, and the new wine, and the oil, and whatever the ground brings forth, on men and livestock, on all the labor of your hands. So we're going to stop right there. Okay, that's a lot. Like I said, we're going to try to break it down <clears throat> and go through this. So, opening question is, what are we building and why? What are we really striving for? And for how long have we been trying to do it? And to get where? To tame what? To obtain what? Excuse me. I know in our mind, for me personally, there's been a lot of these milestones where I feel like, okay, you know, I'm gifted in this area, or I feel like I need to expand in this area for my own job or career or, you know, for my family. And so with that, you logically think, okay, what do I have to do to do, you know, to do that? Whether it be a second job, uh, go to school, get a degree, get some training, go to a technical school. And so those are very basic logical steps, and there's nothing wrong with those steps. I want to make that abundantly clear. But what I also want to make clear is this. Don't want to confuse our opportunities that are based off of our need and where we know we can be if we take that route. In other words, we work our own way up versus opportunities that God gives us to get where he wants us to go while he's blessing us along the way and then receiving a blessing that he has prepared for us. It's two different routes. And so for myself, you know, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit of a workaholic or have been before, and I love working with my hands, and I do a lot of metal work and woodwork, and I'm an artist, and I paint, and I do a lot of things. And so I can easily find something to do and also easily find something to do that I could turn and make money at. So, you know, before, if I was feeling a little bit of a financial crunch or needing to save for this or just simply felt like we were behind in general, um, I would work myself to death, literally, uh, working six, seven days a week, uh, you know, past midnight, go into my regular job, get off work and work again. I mean, um, I would really drive myself. And, and here's the thing I've finally come to understand is this scripture, God really laid this on my heart. I mean, this hit home for me. Um, I feel as if God has used this, and, and this is the reason why I broke this out to share, is, you know, we have we have to come to a point where we stop. We just, we literally have to take our hands off, shut our mouth, turn our brain off, and just say, God, how do I do this? You know, whatever that may be. How do I get out of this? How do I make more money? How can I buy that home or how do I get that promotion or um, I mean you know everything that life throws I could name a few other things uh, but you know it's it's applicable to many things that we deal with as we go through life setting ourselves up especially you know uh, before we hit the age of say 50 you know there's things that we all have goals uh, that we want to obtain and reach at certain you know points and there's nothing wrong with that but there is a way to do it. God is a God of order, and he's not about to bless step one and step three without going through step two and step four, okay? Um, he's not going to do it. He never has, you know, he doesn't biblically show us, uh, and he's not about to start with you or me or anybody else. 
So we have to understand that we do have to take the steps, no matter what the cost, and we have to see it through. In other words, we have to stand on the Word, stand on the promises, speak His life-giving uh, words, speak, um, you know, what He speaks over us, what we know to be true, His promises, and we have to pray those things. We have to stand on them. We have to be diligent about it, and we will see them come to pass. Amen? All right, so enough of that. So... Have we mixed our priorities thinking that when we get to certain places in our lives, we can then do what the Lord has for us? In other words, let me uh, become good enough in an area or in a standard so that I can do this for God. Uh, whether it be a dollar amount, a degree with a label on it, um, a title on the door at work. But we're not... Living in the Old Testament, this is not, we're not trying to offer up sacrifices in the temple so that we can come to the Lord perfect. we got to stop. I have to stop. I had to understand like what I was doing. I was in the way of myself and in the way of God trying to do it and thinking that I had to be a certain level before I came to Him. And all the while, I'm thinking I'm doing the right thing. See, that was the blinding part of it. I thought I was doing the right thing because... God had blessed me in some areas to be able to do things. And I thought, well, if he gave them to me to do, well, why why not use them? I mean, it would only make sense. Surely that's what he would want. But I didn't slow down to pray about it. And it's not that this is what I come to find out. It's not that God said don't do it mm -hmm. and don't use those talents here and there. But what he was saying is rely on me and, and the time is not right now for you to do those things and there may not ever come a time for you to use those things in a manner of building a business or furthering anything like that you know i had to understand that a lot of things that god has given me because i am multi-talented and i don't say that in a in a lofty way but it's just knowing myself is a lot of those talents are for me to enjoy and to have fun and in, to enjoy myself in those talents not everything is for gain in a worldly manner Amen. So, um, you know, I don't know what this resonates for you. I'm hoping I'm, I'm hitting a few, uh, you know, points and, and pulling on some, some strings real quick. And I'm hoping that you're thinking about it. What I want to do is I would like to ask you to, you know, get out a journal, a, a pad of any kind and write down what it is that God has given to you that maybe your wife doesn't know, your husband doesn't know. Um, or you know your kids, your parents, your, whomever's close to you, um, and write them down, and and it may be more than one thing, and pray about them, and really seek, because in the end, where we're going to end up with this thing is that is one of the main points is going to be to have the faith to step out on the water and say, God, I'm going to follow you no matter how crazy this seems or sounds, okay? So, breaking from that, um, a God-given opportunity is an open door, and sometimes we hesitate. Um, sometimes it's almost like too good to be true. We've been battling in the wilderness for so long, it's almost like, is, is this real? I'm, I'm almost kind of nervous. It's kind of like if you've been in jail for 20 years and you finally get a release and you've always prayed about it and thought about it and what I would do and, and, and what's the first thing I'm going to do? What am I going to spend my money on? And what am I going to eat? And then when that day comes, it's like, whoa. 
and you know, let's be honest, a little bit of anxiety, a little bit of fear sets in. Like, man, I don't know what to do. I, 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 I'm not sure, you know. And so, the important thing is, is don't go back in in the jail cell. Don't go backwards. Don't go back to Egypt. Don't go back just laboring and, and making do in the desert when God has so many other things for you to do. We got to cross that Red Sea, and we've got to put in the work. But the the reward is so much greater, and so we have to push through. Now, a God opportunity, um, you know, may make you nervous. But let's make sure that we're not operating from a a foundation or or a thought process of fear of what if. I've never done it before, so how am I going to do this? Um, I only make this much money, and I'm I'm living paycheck to paycheck. How in the world am I ever going to, uh, you know, pay for a building and in you know, uh, lighting and, and overhead and God, you want me to start what? Um, you know, I don't have training in that. I've only been, you know, I've only been sitting in, under someone being trained how to, uh, you know, be the certain function in the church per se. Um, I don't think I'm ready to step out. You know, these are some scenarios and some of the things that I've even thought about. Let's go over to First uh, Samuel fifteen twenty two and twenty three. Now, what that is, is that is uh, what we're going to be talking about is where Saul was told to go in and uh, basically uh, destroy that Amalekites, and he didn't do it. Um, so let's see, we're going to start in verse 21. But the people took up the plunder, sheep and oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. So that's pretty stern. I mean, let's face it, old Saul, he got spanked by the Lord on that one. And, you know, if you read it, continue to read, uh, you know, he's like, I, I didn't I didn't think I did anything wrong. You know, there was nothing wrong with holding back the best of those animals, you know, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And uh, Samuel said, I don't know. What did the Lord say? The Lord said all. And see, Saul, he chose because he thought, you know, after following the Lord for so long, he thought he, you know, what was wrong with that? See, he got to a complacent point as a Christian, so to speak. Let's put this in maybe today's terms. As a Christian, we get to a comfortable spot, and Lord tells us what to do. When it's like, okay, got you, Lord, and we go in there, and, and we we start to, you know, obey the Lord, and we're doing whatever it is he calls us to do, and then we get to something that to us makes sense, it's good, or or whatever, I don't want to throw too many things out there, but basically, point is, is sometimes we get so complacent that we think, now, nah, Lord really didn't mean for that. He probably meant this. Or, yeah, I did, you know, I did pretty good. I did most of it. Um, and that's, you know, I'm not saying that's you got to be perfect. What I'm saying is, is, 
no matter how long we've been studying the Lord and following the Lord, whether it be new or old and how good we think we are, we always have to be humble enough and diligent enough to pray it all the way out, listen to everything, make sure what we got to do, and then take off and get it done. Now, some things don't take, you know, weeks and weeks of prayer. Some things are just straight up commands. Pray. Read my word. Follow my my commands. We'll say basic commands. Do the things that you know to do. And then there's other circumstances that are growth moments where we have to be able to discern by the Holy Spirit, you know, in certain situations, which way to take. So, you know, and that's a whole nother rabbit trail, but I just want to throw that in there. There are differences, but and we have to understand that. And in my opinion, Saul at this particular point, he'd been walking with the Lord and he understood and I believe he got to a complacent point to where he didn't really think much of it. He thought it was okay, and he thought the Lord would be pleased with it, not to waste something so good. But that's not what the Lord told him. And so we have to be careful not to do the same thing. You know, we're given a, a word or we're praying on something, and the Lord speaks to us, and it's something we've been praying for for a while or wishing we could do or what have you. And, you know, we go do that but we don't do it all the way or we don't spend the right amount of time or we don't we don't go talk to that one last person because eh, you know they don't really smell good or uh eh, you know they just they're annoying or they're this or they're that um or you know i really just don't have time to drive over to this last place to go you know drop this off or share this word that's not what God told you to do. If he told you to do all of it or give it all or go talk to every one of these people um, or whatever, then we have to be humbled and available to do what the Father says because we're doing his work, and that's a privilege. That's an honor, and that's why we're here. Amen? All right, let's go over to Ecclesiastes 1. Now, I'm just going to read a little bit of this, and we're not going to dive into this on this podcast, but probably second or third one, we're going to open this up a little bit more. Okay, Ecclesiastes 1, uh, excuse me, chapter 5, verse 1 through, I think it's 7. Yeah, verse 7. All right. All right. Chapter 5, verse 1, Walk prudently when you go to the house of God, and draw near to hear rather than to give the sacrifices of fools, for they do not know that they do evil. Do not be rash with your mouth, and let not your heart utter anything hastily before God, for God is in heaven and you on earth. Therefore let your words be few, for a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by his many words. When you make a vow to God, do not delay to pay it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you have vowed. Better not to vow than to vow and not pay. Do not let your mouth cause your flesh to sin, nor say before the messenger of God that it was an error. Why should God be angry at your excuse and destroy the work of your hands? For in the multitude of dreams and many words there is also vanity, but fear God. Stop right there. So, what is that saying? Saying an awful lot, but just for right now, we're just going to focus on the fact that don't get into a tight spot and say, God, you know, um, I'm sorry, you know, and I'll do this and I'll do that. 
you know, that age-old thing we've probably all heard, God, if you only do this, I'll never do that again. You know, we have to be careful because by the very words out of God's mouth, he formed the planet from faith. You know, whether we speak good words or bad words, they're words released, and those words will manifest. These are decrees and things we're talking about. So if we say we're going to do something or not do something, we have to understand the weight of our words and what they carry. They're not just weightless words. They they have meaning. Okay? Um, you know, and when we tell God we're going to do something or, or we're going to pray about something, and God, if you do this, you just tell me and I'll follow you anywhere. Well, newsflash. You better get ready and pull your pants up and put your belt on because if that's really what you want and you're praying and God is preparing you and he's been testing you, there will come a time when that moment is going to knock on your door and he's going to he's going to tell you what to do or where to go and what he needs from you and we have to be ready to do that. All right, and that's not a bad thing. Let me just say that. That's an awesome thing because, you know, depending on what he's created you to do and who you are in him, man, that's a privilege. I mean, that's 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 such an amazing thing and that's how we should look at it is this huge amazing opportunity to be the voice and the face of God to whomever is praying and needs it and wherever he may send you, whether it be in your own hometown, um, town over, or in a country across the seas. Um, you just never know with God, okay? He just simply wants you to follow him. That's really all he wants. He wants you to follow him. Um, you know, the thing that we haven't done yet, whatever that thing is that I'm, I'm going to, again, encourage you to go right down and pray over. I want you to just remember this. I want you to pray when you pray about it. I want you to pray that it is possible, that you can do it, that you are able, that you are the righteousness of God. Uh, you know, for those who believe in God and who are saved, you are the righteousness of God, okay? Um, decree these things that you can stand on that are God's word that will overcome the enemy and the voice in your head telling you that you can't or that you don't have enough money or you've never done it before, how you're going to do it. And here's the biggest thing. You may see other people who have walked in this or read books or, you know, uh, listened to radio broadcasts or what have you. Uh, YouTube videos about all these things, and you're like, God, I just that's me. That's my calling. That's what I want to do. And so you can even believe it for somebody else, but for you, you can't. For whatever reason, you may be that person like I've been before where for you, you just you can't make the two connect. Like, I just don't know, God, if I can do that. I'm here to tell you, and I'm here to lift you up that you can. You just honestly... Cancel all that out, and it really, truly does start with speaking life over yourself and over your future and your family, if you're married and kids, your finances. I mean, speak everything out and touch on every aspect of your life. And what you're doing, it's almost like you're taking an, an electric cord and you're plugging each, you know, each area of your life into the, the power source, and you're turning it on. Because right now, if, if you're listening to the devil and it... And he's telling you you don't have enough money and you're not smart enough and you're too old to go to college and, and you don't have all the requirements for that job. But you feel like God is telling you to apply for it. You know, uh, I mean, you don't know if you can handle uh, raising a child. You don't think you're responsible enough. I mean, whatever those doubts are, starting a business, you have a great idea, but like it's overwhelming to think I, I'm responsible for everything. I'm telling you, speak the word 
plug in that that plug in your your cord of your situation to the light source. Speak words over your finances in your life in those areas and watch God work. And don't just do it once, do it every day. Be diligent about it. Stand on it. Remember, everything that comes out of our mouth that we pray in faith has to line up with our heart because if it doesn't, it's null and void. And God knows it before we do. It's not like you're going to hide it from Him. It's not like you can just try to coax yourself up to say, okay, 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 I can do it. But all the while, you're really not 100% there believing that you can. So I'm, uh, you know, again, I'm sharing this from a place of experience and I'm still walking in some of this. And so all these podcasts will be from um, experience, whether it be current or past. Um, it's something I'm very passionate about and I just want to share uh, what God has laid on me and how he's worked in my life to help and hopefully touch others. And you guys take it and, and hopefully God, uh, no, not hopefully. I know God will touch you. And I hope that you take that and what God has given you and you continue to share because it's all about giving. We don't hold anything in. God gives it to us and it's a blessing. And then we turn around and we re-release it um, as a further blessing. And so it's all about give, give, give. So all that to say, I appreciate it. I want to thank you. I want to thank God for allowing this, uh, giving me uh, the confidence and the boldness to start this. Um, this is new waters for me, so um, I appreciate any feedback, any questions. I will get back to you as quickly as I can, and if I don't know an answer, um, first and foremost, I'm going to pray about it, look it up, and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll answer it accordingly. Um, one last thought I want to leave is, is that God wants to give you uh, your true heart and desire of what you've always wanted. So there's no reason for us not to take it and walk with him. Amen? Amen. Listen, I love you. I thank you. Uh, Father God, we just thank you for this time, and I ask you to bless this word. I ask you to bless the ears that's going to hear it. Father, I ask you just to uh, transform lives, Father, and that our obedience and our humbleness and, and our longing for you, Father, that's what we want um, to go out uh, to all these men and into their homes and their businesses and their schools and, and wherever they go, Father, just to glorify you, number one, and number two, that we can walk in, in what you've made us to do and we can feel whole and complete and not worry about if I'm good enough or if I'm going to make it or if I'm ever going to be able to, to get to a place Father God, I just pray for all those questions and more and those doubts to just go away and just comfort them and lead them, Father, and just let them know that you've got it. And, uh, Father, and, and we can be confident in that. So, Father, I thank you for that. I ask ple uh, blessings and prayers and protection over everybody. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Hey, everybody. This is Lance Lamb. I'm back with you again. We're going to be going into the second part of Haggai chapter 1. We're going to be focusing on verse 6. And we'll touch on a little bit of... Uh, we'll touch on a little bit of 8, maybe 9. But what I want to slow down and really go over is going to be specifically about... Mainly about verse 6. We're going to talk about the parable of the talents. 
which will be, if you want to go ahead and mark it, it's going to be over in Matthew 25, verses 14 through 30. Uh, we're going to kind of paraphrase most of that. I'll focus on a few verses in there uh, so that we kind of get the gist of what we're trying to do. Um, the main point for today uh, really is we're going to continue with the whole, you know, what has God given you that you're hiding from the world? You know, what is that one thing? And so hoping, I'm hoping that um, you guys that wrote down whatever that one or two things uh, may be and prayed about it and hopefully uh, you guys have started to receive some some answers or some peace about whatever those things are and I just pray that you walk that out and steward it and um, don't go too fast but you know do your due diligence to uh, have faith in the process and have faith that God has got you where he wants you and that whatever your thing is that God has given you I want to encourage you, it's not too big. Okay, it is obtainable. Um, so with that, let's just kind of start back over. I'm just going to go over verse 6, and I'll read 7 and 8 uh, there in Haggai chapter 1. Okay, so starting there in 6, it says, You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourself, but not, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. Verse 7, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. Verse 8, Go up to the mountain and bring wood and build the temple, that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. Verse 9, You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why? Says the Lord of hosts, Because of my house that is in ruins while every one of you runs to his own house. We're just going to stop right there. So we're going to open up with that. Um, you know, this is something pretty near and dear to me because I still struggle with it some, if I'm being honest. Um, sometimes it's easy to transition and move in what God has me to do, and sometimes it's really hard because it may be so big or might have so much... Uh, responsibility tied to it that uh, you know it makes me a little nervous but nervous in a good way that um, you know I want to do my due diligence and and do the best I can for the Lord in those areas uh, one thing that we're going to talk about tonight is to make sure that we have a healthy fear of the Lord in moving in action rather than having a unhealthy fear where it freezes us up and and we get uh, you know we get stale we get we get stagnant uh, because we're afraid of messing up, and that's something that we most certainly can't do, okay? So, um, you know, just, just a little bit, you know, talking about that verse 6. Basically, um, I'll just give a little bit of a, a background for myself. So, you know, I had a business a few years ago, and when I first started, I started off in body work, and I've been doing paint and body work for a little over 15 years and so that was kind of bread and butter and it was easy and I knew how to do it and all that and so I started making really good money and the first year was such a blessing because you know I made the same amount of money as I did when I left my my you know I guess typical safe job and so um, that was really awesome uh, but it quickly turned into 
the fact that I kind of got ungrounded and I let opportunity in the world kind of pull me uh, and use some of my other talents, that, which we're going to talk about some of that stuff, to where I saw opportunity and I thought, well, God made me do it, or excuse me, if God gave me to do it and the talent and ability to do it, then what am I waiting on? He must, uh, you know, this must be from the Lord. But without getting too much ahead of myself, I'm just going to leave that there. I just want to, you know, give you guys an example as much as I can so you can relate in your own way. And so what am I saying? What I'm saying is, is I started my business, you know, I started slow and I did the one thing God opened the door for me to do. But once I got, you know, my feet and I tasted a little bit of success, I thought, well, time to grow. And the problem with that was it wasn't God's time for me to grow. I took matters in my own hands and I wanted to grow as fast as I wanted to because I saw dollar signs, I saw opportunity, I saw growth, I saw building, I saw more employees, and, and I got fixated. And that's and it's okay to be ambitious and do those things, but like ambition and your plans and everything that you know how to do, we still have to take those things step by step and we have to steward and go slow um, so that we can handle success or, you know, more business, more money, more employees, more anything at those other levels. You know, we can't just start off with $5 in our pocket and go get a, a part-time job and then turn around and say, well, I'm just, you know, in a year, I'm going to go from making, you know, $500 a month to starting my online store because I saw somebody else do it and, somehow magically i'm just going to be a millionaire while i sit at the house you know making money on on an online business and i'll be a self-made millionaire at 20. like it's not it doesn't work that way and sometimes um even like myself i didn't think of it in those terms for me it made perfect sense i didn't really see any of the warning signs but when i stepped and started adding to my business it actually crumbled it and so um, we'll talk about that a little bit more but either way so um, you know right there in verse 6 what all that is actually saying is no matter how hard you try if you're doing it for yourself and you're putting off what the Lord gave you to do it's never going to be enough you're never going to have enough to eat your house is never going to be good enough or pretty enough or or keeping up with the Joneses enough, your car's not going to be good enough, uh, no matter how much overtime or extra work you do or, or a job on the side, because I've done it, you think, okay, I can get ahead this way, and somehow at the end, if we're honest, you know, and we're doing it because we feel like we need to take charge and do it, somehow it never ends up being enough anyway. And so really, it's all wasted time. And so in that that wasted time what could we be doing you know how much time did we neglect our kids or or our wives family members how much time did we neglect uh you know spending time uh maybe with other people that we could have had an opportunity to you know just sit down and listen and, and minister or just simply be a ear to other people in passing or at work or at church or whatever because we were so busy worried about doing our thing to get us to a certain point and so verse 6 is really jam-packed with, I think, something that everybody struggles with or has struggled with once or twice in their life. And if you haven't, 
um, in my opinion, you, you will. You're going to come across that decision of, you know, I got to do more. I got to get it. I got to get it. I got to get it. And sometimes it's when you want to go harder and you think you got to do all these things to fill those gaps and to make more money and to, and to do those things, it very well could be that time that you need to cool the jets, put it in neutral, and just wait a minute. Okay? Now, before I go any further, there's nothing wrong with second jobs. There's nothing wrong with, with you know, making a backup plan. There's nothing wrong with paying down debt. There's nothing wrong with having, you know, nice house and cars. Don't misunderstand me. What I'm saying is the motive, our heart's desire. That's what I'm getting at. Okay? So, um, biggest thing that we do is procrastination is I'll, I'll get it tomorrow. Or do I really have to do it right now? Or God tells you to move and you get so frozen and, and scared stiff that you're going to mess up. You don't do anything. You just stay still. Because you want it to stay, you know, you want that talent. You want that thing God gave you to stay nice and shiny and new and looking good and smelling good and like don't touch it. And, and, and the whole time you're like, well, my God, what am I going to do with it? Like, I have it and I'm supposed to do this, but what if I mess up? So we're going to cover all that, okay? So, um... Let's go ahead and go over to Matthew 25 and just kind of go over this parable of talents. It's something, it's a story in the Bible that really hits home for me. And we're going to try to break it down to where hopefully it's, you know, if you've never understood it or maybe never read it or read it a hundred times and you're just like, yeah, um, I'm hoping that, you know, through this study it's a little bit more pliable and, and maybe you can relate to it a little bit more. All right, so Matthew 25, 14. Uh, for the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country who called his own servants and delivered his goods to them. And to one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, and to each according to his own, here's the key, to each according to his own ability. And immediately he went on a journey. Okay, so right off the bat I want to focus on the fact that he gave, okay, to each of them according to his own ability right there we're all different we all have different talents one has five one has two and one has one doesn't matter how many or how much or how big or whatever okay focus on what God gave you because he's not going to give you more than you can handle and that's something that a lot of us have heard but maybe have understood it or it's been said out of context and so we understand it but let's truly grasp what God tells us you know, about those certain verses. So, um, again, I said he gave to each of them according to their ability. Now, verse 16, Then he who had received the five talents went and traded with them and made another five. Likewise, the one who had two gained two, but he who had received uh, the one, he went and dug uh, in the ground and hid the Lord's money. So after a long time, the well, let's just stop right there. So, the one who had five and two, they went out and they made money. It didn't say they waited, it didn't say they doubted. Now, we don't know exactly what they did, but they went out and they stewarded whatever it was that God gave them, and they multiplied it, okay? They worked it. They had faith in whatever it was that God gave them to do with it, and according to their ability, they knew what to do with it, and they went out and they, you know, put it to work, so to speak, and gained five more and then two more 
but the one who had one, he just went and dug it in the, in the ground, saved it. Um, so what happened? Fear set in. Okay, verse 19, after a long time, the Lord uh, of those servants came and settled accounts with them. So he who had received five talents came and brought five uh, other talents, saying, Lord, delivered me five talents. Look, I have gained five more talents besides them. His Lord said to them, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things, will make you a ruler over many. Enter into, enter into the joy of your Lord. He also, he had received two talents, came and said, Lord, you delivered me two talents. Look, I've gained two more talents besides them. The Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Verse 24, then he who had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, You wicked and lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers, and at my coming I would have received back my own with interest. Therefore take the talent from him and give it to him who has ten talents. For to everyone who has more will be given, and who will have abundance but from him who does not have even what he has will be taken away and cast the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth okay there's a lot in there and i don't have time to break it all down so we're just going to skim some of the basics and we'll, and if you don't know by now what i'm going to try to focus on is the one with the one talent so what i want to say to you is do not fear Okay, don't let fear infiltrate your foundation so that the first thing you think of is failure instead of accomplishment accomplishment and completion that is provided by God. Um, uh, if the first thing that we do is freak out because of the what if, then we are displaying more faith and fear than in the love of God. Okay, and if we have, you know, if that's the case, uh, you know, I believe that we would have, we have a root problem, okay? There's something down deep that's either hurt us or wounded us in some way that, uh, that, that is, you know, that automatic fear of not being able or not being good enough or however you want to say that um, is very much a part of our daily thinking. And so if God were to drop something on us or give us an opportunity, um, whether it be, a, you know, again, a job or uh, just an open door, okay? And we don't automatically jump on it or we don't recognize it, but rather we have fear control thinking first that keeps us stale. Uh, then that's the reason why I say it, that I think we'd have a root problem, okay? Uh, remember in 2 Timothy 1 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. And I've, I've used that quite often. And I want to break that down just a little bit where it says, you know, God has not given us a spirit of fear. Here's the thing, very simple. God didn't walk in fear. Neither did Jesus. Okay? So if if my father and Jesus, when he walked on this earth, if he wasn't afraid and if he didn't fear the devil, and and if I am 
a son of God because I've been saved and I believe in him and he lives on the inside of me. Well, whatever he is, that's what I am. So if my God and my father is not fearful, then neither am I. And so I want you to take hold of that and I want you to, to even say it. I want you to understand it uh, because if you don't know your position, then um, in a sense, you're out in the desert by yourself. You really don't know what direction to go. Okay, um, and then right there where it says, but power and love and a sound mind. Okay, power and a sound mind come from love because where love is, uh, there's perfection. Okay, there's no fear. There's no what if. There's no there's no anything. Love is from the Father. And if we have love and we walk by love and we are love, we understand what that really means, then we wouldn't have fear. And out of that love comes power. Out of that love comes or excuse me, out of that love comes a sound mind. In other words, we know exactly what we to do. We know exactly, uh, you know, uh, what the first step would be. I mean, we may not know everything, but we have enough sense, so to speak, that out of the love of the Father, uh, we can get started and we can do what we're supposed to do. Okay, so, all right, moving on. So, back to the talents. You know, one thing I want to say tying back into a little bit of my testimony about my business it's not about how many talents god gives you or how big they are or or whatever whether it be five or one okay steward we must steward whatever it is that god gave us just like me doing this podcast you know this is not something that i dreamed of this is actually something that was uh, brought up to me by a good friend of mine and quite honestly, I thought it was crazy at first, even though I know it's a good idea. But it's not something that I'm real comfortable with. I mean, I'll get comfortable, but I'm more interested in being obedient than I am being comfortable. Okay, so, you know, back to the talents. You know, when I was running my business, I started with one thing, but I quickly wanted to grow to two or three things before God had promoted me to do that. But in my mind, I was tricked in my mind because I hadn't spent enough time with the Father and I kind of drifted away and my focus was more on money and success because how well I was doing in the beginning. In a sense, I kind of thought I was untouchable because I was really doing I was really doing well. So I figured, you know, yeah, I have enough, you know, uh, confidence in my abilities that I could do that and God has gifted me with that, so why wouldn't I do it? And here's the thing I had to understand and in this, you know, something that I had to understand you know a year or so later after failing in my business was this i stepped out too soon and it wasn't that god said no you can't do it it was that god said no what now's not the time you're not ready to do it you don't have enough resources to do it you don't have enough employees to do it you know how to do it and on paper and you can you can strategize and you talk it through and you could do it but right now is not the time so it's not a a factor of well, God said no. It's more of the point of being obedient and being, you know, stewarding the one talent and happy and content and fully committed to the one talent until God said, okay, now's the time to do that idea that you've been thinking about for three years and that you've been preparing for, that you've been planning for. Now's the time. So I didn't understand that, but that's what I want to make sure we understand here. You know, the parable of the talents. The five didn't look on to the two and say, man, I wish I had those two talents. And the two talents didn't look on to the five and say, boy, I wish I had three more so I could be like him. No, they stewarded what they had individually. 
and individually God blessed them in their time and God grew them. They didn't grow themselves. God grew them. But it was out of obedience. So I want to take that right there and let's go back to verse 6 where it says, you know, you strive and you drink and you feel and you put money in your bag and it all goes to waste. It's never, you never gain. But in verse 8, it talks about go up on the mountain and grab some building materials and, and paraphrasing. Let's get after it and build what I'm telling you to build. In other words, prioritize and do what I told you to do first. You do what I told you to do first and give me, you give me your best and you do what I tell you to do first. Okay, then I'll bless the rest. You know, you're in my will. You do this first. There will come a time when what you hope for and what you are preparing for, it will also be blessed. Okay? So with that, I want to kind of start getting ready to end this thing with this. Whether you're in a business, you're at work, striving in college, uh, maybe in high school looking, you know, at sports or different programs, at home, you know, wanting to improve the yard of the house, your car, whatever. And even this, parents trying to propel their kids in so many areas so they make sure that their kid is like this shining, spotless star when on the inside they may be wearing them out. And I'm just going to throw that in there. I don't know why I said that, but I'm just throwing that in there. <coughs> Excuse me. Is this. Don't strive for more than what you can handle, even though you think you can. Not all opportunity is a God open door, okay? Um, I want to encourage you that if you think you're having them one of those moments, you think you're in an elevation time, you may be. I'm not doubting you. What I encourage you to do is make sure you pray about it and remember this, that the Word and, and what God gives you, uh, you know, answering prayers and things like that, uh, get confirmation. The Word will confirm itself. The Trinity, um, you know, the Word will confirm itself. God will confirm Himself through people uh, who care about you, who are fervently praying as well, not just anybody, okay? Uh, I don't want to say too much. What I want to make sure that I make clear is be patient, wait on the Lord, listen, okay, between reading and prayer, and the leadership that is over you so that you hear clearly and you act accordingly, not on your own. So understand that the world, make no mistake, the devil knows what you like. The devil knows what you're good at, okay? Let's, let's, let's just get real for a minute. So he's going to throw things out there that he knows you're good at and that you like to throw you off where God has you. Why? Because the more you're striving for God, the less he has and the more he can't take away. Okay? The more defeated he already is. So his way of getting back at God is making uh, God's people, okay, because we're made in the image of God, to fail and to get off track. I mean, that's his goal. So that's the reason why you have to look through opportunities. You have to discern the spirits. You have to get confirmation. You have to... You know, you know, go to your leadership, trusted leadership, pray, listen, don't just jump the gun, okay? Um, so I think I've said enough. I don't want to ramble on too much. This is a very near and dear uh, subject to me. I've lived it. Um, I went from super high, uh, you know, and I've hit rock bottom. 
Um, so, uh, my encouragement, like I said, is whatever God gave you, work it, steward it, be responsible with it, okay? And He will bless you in timing. Don't rush it. And don't jump on the very first thing that comes in the gate dressed in op opportunity that lines perfectly up with what you're doing. And again, I'm not saying that it may not be an open door from God. What I'm saying is, don't jump the gate. Pray about it, discern it, and then move. God is not a God of confusion. He's a God of order. Remember that. Okay? And with that, when you move and do what He tells you to do, and you build His house, okay, and like we talked about on the last episode, you know, the house may not be a church, and I'm not saying that everybody's going to be called to be a, a preacher and evangelist and get on the road and all that. You may or may not. What I'm saying is, is the temple, the church, in the very smallest form is you. It's God living on the inside of you. So start with that and work up. For some of you, you've got that. For others, you may have faltered a little bit or, or might, you, know, you may not understand that, and you have to start there. Start wherever God has you. Focus only on Him and go up from there. I promise you, you'll have a testimony that I would love to hear and that others would love to hear so that we all strengthen in faith by the walk God has you on. Okay? And let's focus on that. That's my encouragement. Now, real quick, I'll spend a few minutes um, a little bit about my business so you can kind of, hopefully this will help just, you know, bring this home. I was working... Um, at a um, a facility where we you know painted and built aircraft parts uh, for the government, and I left that job because you know God had told me, hey, it's time to separate. It's time to declare your independence from the world, um, and I need you to step out and do what I, I need you to do. And what I was doing at the time was I was painting uh, Corvettes and, and old classics on the side, and so. I stepped out and I, I went and talked to my boss and I told him I was flat out like I you know I feel like God is telling me to do this and and it's my time and I have to do what he says and it's time to move and and he was a little put off because it was kind of short notice which is something I don't I don't ever do but I was more concerned with being obedient than I was about you know being um, right and not hurting feelings and all that kind of stuff and he was good with it and so I left at about eight o'clock that morning and the time it took me to drive up to the shop that I was painting cars out of was about 30 minutes. And so without filling out an application, without having a whole bunch of money and backing, without having to shop anything, I go from one job and in 30 minutes I'm working on my next job or basically the open, the, the beginning of my business. And I'm working on, you know, 70 something model Corvettes, 60 something model Corvettes. And and I go right into just painting cars and making a pretty good living at it. And um, a few months later, you know, I had an opportunity to get into a shop, and it was a little bit of a risk. And, and uh, you know, in hindsight, looking back, probably shouldn't have done it. Probably should have waited. You know, that's I think that's when I started getting a little bit too ambitious for myself. But I thought I could handle it. And uh, so I did. And I continued painting cars, but then I, I quickly realized that I couldn't handle the building without doing more business. So what happened was is 
one misstep led to a second misstep. And so now I'm trying to do dump trucks, you know, painting cabs on dump trucks and small parts. And, and I'm starting to do some welding repair jobs. And, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm gonna have to just do whatever I got to do to keep the doors open. So I did all that. Well, as I went into the next year, I was doing less body work, less paint and more welding, but the work slowed down. And it was more stress, it was more labor, it was more planning, it was, you know, I had to bring in two vendors to complete the job, so I'm having to go outside and wait on other people's schedules. Um, and I'll tell you, the last thing that I painted before I totally switched over to more welding and projects was, I was working on a 1966 silver Corvette that was uh, appraised at a little over 70000 before it came into the shop. And I had to get a whole lot of insurance on it and things like that. I mean, I was doing good work and I was doing fun jobs. Um, I just got ahead of myself. And it started with leaving the shop that I was working out of the back of. I just felt like, well, I mean, I need my shop. You know, I'm I'm me now, you know. And it was dumb because I was only in it for three months. And I'm thinking I just have to have a shop. And so one misstep led to a second misstep, led to another, led to another, until the point I had to close my doors. Now, I still have customers call me from time to time asking about paint jobs and repairs and, and you know, can I do this and can I do that, which is great. But ultimately, I took what God had given me and I tried to accelerate it on my own thinking I was better than what I was and I was growing faster than what I was and I couldn't see where I was headed because, you know, of excitement, which is good. But I didn't slow down enough to consult and listen. I was too busy doing my thing. And I thought, I, I got this. There's nothing I can't do. And if, you know, and that's my attitude with anything. If anybody else can do it, I can. I, I don't really have a attitude of, you know, I can't do that. Um, now, I get frustrated. But I don't have an attitude that I don't have the ability. And if I don't know how, I'll guarantee I'll learn it. And so I have that attitude. And so when that happened, I'm like, shoot, I can do that. I can make it. So just a little bit more background there just to help maybe tie the story in so that you guys uh, hopefully will be able to apply it and understand the full, you know, um, start to finish on, on how I had to learn this uh, lesson the hard way. And now looking back, I know I'll, I won't make that mistake again and I'll slow down because uh, God wants the best for us and he wants us to want what we're good at and what he made us to do. But we can also very quickly step outside of that and mess it up. So, all right. Well, that's enough for today. Um, I'm hoping that I helped you. Um, I just pray that the, the seed that was planted, the, that God waters it. Man, it's there and it simmers and you guys take a hold of it and pray. And I just pray that it, that it affects you guys uh, in a godly way. And then it helps you guys to grow and understand the word and, and, and be able to get in these pieces of scripture that we talked about and really just... Uh, let the word come alive in your life. Um, I just want to thank God for the opportunity, um, and just Father, I just um, I just want to thank uh, I just want to thank the Father for His continued love and obedience to His word. His word is above even His own name, and so I just thank Him for just who He is. Uh, it's amazing. Um, so, and I just pray that we just let God do His thing in our life. Okay, um, Lord, I just pray over everybody that's, that's listening to this. I just pray blessings over them. 
and father and just um that we just everything we do we glorify your name uh, father we thank you and we look forward to the next uh uh next meeting uh, in jesus name amen